Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 13 of UAB Green and Told. Through this podcast, we sit down with members of the UAB family to share their stories. I'm Greg Berry, Assistant Director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. As we come off Valentine's weekend, what better time to share a love story? On this episode, we're joined by Matt and Rachel Morse, two former athletes who hit it off and started dating almost as soon as they met. We walked in and hey, we just met each other not long ago, and uh, we hit it off, and that was that. But it was early on, and maybe halfway through the fall semester. As they'll share, dating turned into love, and ultimately, that love blossomed. When it happened, I was kind of like, this is like a mean joke. Why are you, <laughs> this is, I don't, really? <laughs> you know, so I was very excited. And this love affair burns deeper than just being husband and wife. The Morses also work together. But we work from home. So, we work from home. Know, it's not um, like Matt can just head out to the office for a few hours. You know, it's just upstairs. Rachel James, as she was known to her friends before getting married, was a standout volleyball player. All area, all region, all everything. You kind of get the picture. But for Rachel, she didn't know she was going to be a blazer. I did not always know I was going to be a blazer. I grew up in Gardendale, which is about 20 minutes down the road. And I knew I wanted to play volleyball in college. And I told my parents, I'm going to, I want to stay in the southeast, but I'm getting as far away from home as possible. Yeah. And then that's just not how it worked out. <laughs> so um, Hal Messersmith was the director of operations here and he was my travel ball coach. Okay. So he was very persistent and wanted me to come play for the Blazers. So I did. What year was that? When did you come? 2007. 2007. Okay. And Matt, for you, when did you come and how, I mean, you're a Chicago kid uh, and you wind up here in the warmer south. So how did that all transpire? Well, you just nailed it. The warmer south, as a baseball player, you know, especially um, an infielder, a guy who, you know, gets as many repetitions as possible, can't do much for four or five, six months out of the year. Yep. So it was important to me to get um, into a warmer climate and in a competitive conference like Conference USA to just challenge myself and see what I was capable of. And so I ended up with 27 scholarship offers. And three of those were below this line that I drew through the map of the United States. Um, But UAB was a no-brainer just athletically, academically, um, the whole package. So um, I actually was introduced to UAB through uh, Perry Roth, who's still the recruiting coordinator for the baseball program. He's an Illinois native, and he was home for Thanksgiving while my my high school football team was playing in the state championship about 15 minutes from where he grew up, so it was on the local TV network, and okay. he had saw the game on TV and had gotten my name from a baseball scout uh, in the Midwest previously, and he kind of put the two together, reached out to my football coach, and the rest is history. And when did you arrive on campus? Fall of 2010. So around that time, too, um, you were starting to get into, um, obviously, practice, but you wanted, I assume, to get involved um, on campus as well. You started going to soccer games and other athletic events. Um, talk a little bit about how you two kind of met and, and got together, because that happened almost immediately when you got on campus. Yeah, it was very soon. There was one brief encounter at a soccer game, like you mentioned, 
where uh, one of the other older baseball players introduced Rachel to me and um, we talked very briefly there and then I think it might have been the same night we ended up seeing each other again at a softball apartment. Um, there were some baseball guys getting together with some softball players. My and, roommates were softball players. Okay. And so. Rachel's roommates yeah. were there um, and so we walked in and hey we just met each other not long ago and so we hit it off and that was that. But it was early on in the maybe halfway through the fall semester of my freshman year. But that's not exactly the real story. The real story of how they initially got to know each other is, well, rather interesting. Well, there was something interesting, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was super interesting. Uh, do, you want, do you want to tell them, like, the real story? <laughs> There's a real we story. We were Facebook friends, and we don't know why. Because okay. we didn't know each other. But it I, was her. I don't know how we ended up being Facebook friends. I mean, I guess maybe he came on a recruiting trip. Maybe we met before he got on campus. Okay. But he was always, like, he knew he was coming to play baseball here, so he would post status updates about the baseball team, and he's always saying, go Blazers on Facebook. And one day, I said, I asked someone, who is this guy? He's always saying, he's always, like, saying the scores of the games and saying, go Blazers, and I don't know who he is. And they were like, oh, he's still a senior in high school. He'll be here next year. And so I just knew he was this kid who was like always saying, go Blazers on Facebook. And so someone actually called me and said they were coming over to the softball apartments and they needed directions because Matt Morris was driving. And I was like, yes, Matt Morris, go Blazers. So he came in and I hollered, go Blazers, and he really hit it off. <laughs> we started dating um, a couple months after that. She okay. came up to Chicago for New Year's to see what Chicago was all about, and we started dating on uh, January 1st. What is dating like on campus? Um, we're looking at 2010, 2011, around that time. Um, what's there to do? What kind of fun can you have? How does that work? Especially, you know, as athletes, and, and I think at that point, former athlete. Uh, yeah, I was done playing. Um, I know one time we went and heard uh, we listened to Sam Hunt sing on campus, okay. and nobody knew who he was. <laughs> he was just a big nobody. Um, so we did that and just different little on-campus things. Went to a lot of sporting events, basketball games, football games once the ball rolled around. What else? I don't well, we had a lot of mutual friends, so yeah, it was pretty f pretty natural. Um, whether it was going out to eat or getting together at, you know, a lot of the athletes lived down kind of on Lakeshore, those apartments. Mm -hmm. and. So there was always groups of people getting together, uh, which made it easier for me or for her because, you know, her friends were all older and yeah. she was hanging out with this freshman. So it yeah. made it easier because some of our friends were friends with each other. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of sporting events, football games, basketball games. We said, we said go Blazers a lot. Yeah. On all of our dates. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't love at first sight, but it was a relationship that progressed relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. At what point did you know, you know what, this is the one. I mean, we're going to be together for quite a while. Was it relatively soon? I think it's something that develops with time, you know. it's um, You go through certain experiences together, and after one year and two years and three years, you know, it's um, they're just you build up enough trust with each other, and you realize. Um, I think it's there from the beginning, you know, and it just mm -hmm. gets stronger and stronger. Yeah. It was three years of dating, three, three and a half. Um, 
What were some of the highlights? What, what are some of the best memories you have that might even be off campus that you had together? There were um, a few times she came up to Chicago for either um, Christmas or New Year's, and then a few times that as a college baseball player, the summers are full of summer travel, um, summer leagues mm -hmm. in different parts of the country. So there was a couple times she got, was able to come see me play there, uh, which was cool. But other than that, it was mostly um, either here in Birmingham or a lot of times she would come travel to watch the baseball games, yeah. weekend series at Auburn, different different schools. So uh, Florida State Regional, she was able to come to, which was cool. Um, so a so lot yeah. of our dating was around, you know, the time span. He was playing baseball, so we did a lot of baseball things and hung out with the baseball players a lot and mm -hmm. went to a lot of baseball games and traveled. And then we did, we did, we went to Chicago a couple, or I came up to Chicago a couple of times and those were, that was always fun doing the New Year's and all the fun winter stuff. Were you a baseball fan before? No. <laughs> I didn't really know anything about baseball. <laughs> How long did it take for you to understand the game? Um, not too long. I, I still don't know some stuff. Like, you don't know, you don't really know what all is going out there. Like, the coach is giving signals, and I don't know what he's talking yeah. about or wanting them to do at all. Um, but I, I mean, I got the gist of it after probably one season. I, I, I did okay. <laughs> at this point in the relationship, they've been dating for a few years. But what about marriage? After this short message, find out what the plans were for Matt and Rachel. Community. Generosity. Caring. Giving back. Join together with alumni and students as we serve the Birmingham community. On Saturday, April 4th, the UAB National Alumni Society will host its fourth annual UAB Unite Day. Through this special day of service, we'll give back by completing projects at Glen Iris Elementary. Volunteer at alumni.uab.edu slash unite. As we pick up Matt and Rachel's story, they had been dating for more than three years. And now, the topic of marriage was starting to pop into the young couple's conversations. Um, well, there was a short window of time where somehow it kind of came up in conversation. And because I was older. And because she, she was older, okay. finishing school, she was starting to teach and stuff. And, and I think she might have brought it up and I was just like, oh, no, 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 you know, like I, I got to finish school and we got to get some things by. But what she didn't know is when we had that conversation, the ring was in the top of my closet. No kidding. And I had already planned on proposing that Christmas and just wanted to kind of keep it a surprise because I knew um, we were on the same page and we didn't need to have some, uh, you know, long formal conversation about it. I, I felt like I had a good vibe and... Um, knew what she wanted and didn't know, need to go ring shopping together and things like that. So uh, she was actually coming to Chicago that Christmas and her parents were going to join for a few days. So I thought that would be a pretty neat opportunity. And one of my family traditions is uh, feeding the homeless on the Sunday after Christmas every year. And so in downtown Chicago through my aunt's church. And so we did that thing and Rachel's parents were actually able to join us for that. and. Um, traditionally, after we do that, we go, you know, down the down the road and we eat at um, Connie's Pizza, okay. which is a 
nicer establishment. And so we walk from the church to that place and we're walking and I kind of stay towards the back because I hadn't talked to Rachel's parents about this yet. And I had planned on proposing to her at the uh, restaurant when we got to dinner and we had it planned out and they had this slideshow and music and all this and I hadn't talked to her parents yet. So I wanted to, cause her dad's kind of a character too. We've always got along really well. Um, but I knew that he would appreciate a little um, entertainment in the process. And so I wait, got him towards the back of the, the pile of, of people that were walking, you know, maybe 40 family members walking from the church over to the restaurant. And uh, I just mentioned to him that, you know, I wanted to ask him for his daughter's hand in marriage. And, and he was like, oh, yeah, that, you know, the, and we had a short conversation as we're walking. And he says, I'll let my wife, I'll talk to my wife about it in the car ride back to Birmingham tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll get back with you. And, and I said, oh, well, she's going to know before that car ride back to <laughs> Birmingham tomorrow. And he's, uh, he's kind of thrown off. He's like, oh, and then, and we kept walking a little bit. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> then he realized. And then I think he realized and we got to the, you know, the restaurant and we all sat down and. Uh, it was her birthday as well. So we had it timed up with a birthday cake. And then once they, everybody sang happy birthday, I was on a knee behind her. And she thought and I was joking. played in the slideshow. You had no clue? No. I thought it was going to be another couple of years. Because he was still in school. And then one year he hurt his shoulder. So we had to take a red shirt year. So that was going to be another year. And I thought we were going to wait until at least until he got out of school. And maybe... A little bit longer after that so you know I had just put on my patient <laughs> yeah put on my patience and I was like well, well we'll get around to it some other you know later but so yeah it was a big surprise for me you know I just when it happened I was kind of like this is like a mean joke why are you <laughs> this is I don't really <laughs> you know so I was very excited that we didn't have to wait three more years <laughs> the, my first year I taught in Leeds, fifth grade, and then after that I got a job at Bragg Middle School in Gardendale, which is where I went to school. So I was teaching sixth grade there and coaching volleyball and basketball and a little bit of sixth grade track. What so was that I was like? very busy. <laughs> teaching in your hometown, teaching at a school you went to. Yeah. What was that like? It was interesting, you know, it's like, oh, this is like sort of a behind the scenes look because I remember going to school there and I was, when I was coaching, I was coaching the seventh grade team and the eighth grade teams were coached by the woman that coached me. Okay. And then I'm teaching sixth grade with some of my sixth grade teachers. So it was really, it was fun. And then there was a couple other people that were teaching there that I went to school with also. Okay. So it's like a fun little big family reunion a big middle school family reunion so it was fun did you have a lot of rocket gear to support her oh yeah yeah i made it out to a couple <laughs> middle school volleyball games every year a couple basketball games they loved her there when it came down to it i was done with my school here i was done playing and i had about eight opportunities to go coach at various division one schools what i had always wanted to do and i had about five or six clients who wanted to hire me on the business and marketing side of their business um, most of them were in sports, coaches, authors, consultants. And so I just realized it was a very unique opportunity to kind of position it as a consulting mm -hmm. role where I could work with multiple clients and help share what I had learned and um, you know, try to help them to better market their products and services. And I figured if I crash and burn, I can go back to the baseball thing 
later on, but just with the evolution of technology and the timing was just really incredible for me to be able to kind of step in and go for it. And then um, really just focused the first you know year or so of my business on over delivering for those clients, learning a ton myself and helping them to get the best results that we could create. And that generated a lot of you know positive word of mouth referrals, which kind of drove us forward. Are you still teaching? Nope. You're working with Matt. That's yes. what I thought. So let's talk a little bit about Kyfect and how that came about. Um, obviously, you needed a lot of support mm-hmm. <laughs> from Rachel to do it, um, but you're venturing out on your own. And how did the company really come to be? You've explained a little bit of it, um, but how did you know, okay, this is what it's going to be. What's the basis behind the name Kyfect and where are you guys now? And so very early on in those five or six clients that I mentioned we were working with right when I finished school is that, you know, that is just that the strategy is great, but these individuals, a lot of them were coaches, consultants, and, you know, solopreneurs, and they didn't have a marketing team behind them. So I realized that, okay, while the talk is and the strategy is great, we also need to provide for them the agency that actually does this work, be it build their website, manage their social media, write their email marketing campaigns, create their products, launch their products, manage their Facebook ads, etc. So very simply, we have two companies. One is hands-off consulting and the other is a hands-on done-for-you digital marketing agency. The name Kaifect comes from the combination of two Latin words, Kaizen, which is continuously improving. Uh, that's important to me because I feel like uh, that's our mission is just to continue. We're not going to try to make it perfect. We're not going to try to, you know, have some radical transformation. We're not going to have a, uh, you know, completely flip your business. Now, we might do that, but that's not necessarily our mission. Our mission is just to continually get 1% better each day. So the word Kaizen is Latin for continuously improving. And then Effectus is Latin for performance. So t- together, it's continuously improving performance. And uh, I positioned it that way as well because um, performance can go in a lot of directions, whether it be business, life, athletics. When he came to you and said, dear, (laughs) this is what my plan is, what was going through your mind and how supportive were you? I was very supportive. I knew he, well, because we talked about the plan was he wanted to coach college baseball and I'm teaching in my hometown knowing he wants to coach college baseball. And if you want to coach college baseball, you don't really get to pick. You know, you don't get to say, oh, I think I'm going to coach college baseball right here in Birmingham because my wife's job is here. We knew that wasn't going to be the case. So I was well prepared to move if we needed to move somewhere. And then he had been talking with all of the, the guys that were a part of his first project, and they were wanting him to do the business side of things. And he had one client who asked or gave a proposal and wanted us to move out to Dallas because that's where he was and so he would be he was one of our primary clients at first and wanted us to be close to him so that they could have more face-to-face time while they worked on the things that he needed done and so he came to me and he said you know well I've got you know I've talked to this school and this school about coaching and being volunteer assistant here or a paid assistant here, this, that, you know, we've got these options, but we've also got Brian who wants me to move out to Dallas and we could work with him and we could also at the same time work with this, this client and this client. And what do you think if we, what do you think about moving to Texas? And I said, if that's what you want to do, then that's what we'll do. We'll move to Texas, you know, that's fine. And then he needed some stuff done in the graphic design 
area for some different clients a lot and he sort of knew how to do it so he could do the basics of it but then he started kind of asking me hey do you think you could see if you could figure out how to do this or this for this client's book cover or this for this client's website and I'm like I can probably figure that out let me see and so um a lot of YouTube took some courses online in graphic design in the Adobe suite so mm -hmm. Photoshop Illustrator all those things um and so I was doing here and there I was doing some graphic design here and there for his clients still doing the admin stuff as well and then um just the the request for the things he needed done on the graphic design side kept coming and so I actually started an Etsy shop um, okay. making graphic design products they're nothing like what his clients need but just to practice using the programs because it's like you learn how to do something in Photoshop and then if you don't do it for or at least for me if I didn't do it for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. it's almost like I had to keep relearning and relearning so I I made an Etsy shop with um, like invitations for birthday parties yeah. and such um, just so I could practice the layout of the program and I would just make these things and put them in this Etsy shop and at first you know I was kind of like no one's gonna buy this stuff but if they wanted to, here it is. That would be fine. All that stuff just made me better in designing and in using those programs. And now I'm able to do almost anything they ask. And when she says better, she means she's one of the best designers in the world. Don't <laughs> let her so, fool you. <laughs> yeah, now I'm thinking, like, maybe I should have got a degree in graphic design. <laughs> I've always been very creative. And that I just, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't know what I was going to do with a degree in graphic design if I got one. So I didn't get one. That's what's also unique about what we're doing is if you think about, you know, five, ten years before, if we were to finish, there's no way that what we're doing would have been feasible. Mm -hmm. But you have this development of social media, technology, internet, you know, um, people just understanding enough where we can kind of push them over the edge to get them to do some of these things because they know that the internet's there and they don't necessarily know how to use it. But if you were to, to go, if I graduated in 2005... There's no shot. Matt and Rachel spend a lot of time together, and I do mean a lot of time. This couple not only lives with each other, but they don't have to go far to get to their office. We have a lot of fun together. I think a lot of people that, um, you know, the first couple of years of marriage, they are going in a lot of different directions, and so they may not see each other a lot. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, you know, gets in the way at times. We have the opposite problem. We get to spend all every time, every day together. We try to come up with things to do alone. <laughs> <laughs> How difficult is it? Because you're working together, yeah. you're living together. How difficult is that? But we work from home. So, we work from home. Know, it's not um, like Matt can just head out to the office for a few hours, you know, it's just upstairs, so. Yeah, yeah. we have so, some yeah. separation where, you know, we have, I have space. Yeah. At where we're not together, we're not breathing down each other's throats every day. But we do um, get to spend a lot of time together and, um, I think we do a, a pretty good job of separating. We have, you know, 10 other team members as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to, you know, let Rachel do as much or as little as she wants and not have a long list of responsibilities, but she can contribute in huge ways. So I want to allow her the creative capacity to do that. Um, but there's days that, you know, she's doing other things. And um, in general, though, we, we have a lot of fun and we uh, couldn't have drawn it up any better. So you guys, huge Blazers. Big Blazer fans. Big Blazer fans. What All keeps in. that fire going? They invested in me. And yeah. um, 
I, I we want them to do well, and we've been there before. And if you don't have support, it's harder to. Yeah. You know, it makes you want to do better if you have that support and people behind you. So we want to make sure that all the programs here feel like they have people behind them. But UAB took, you know, they gave both of us a chance to play for them. Um, you know, paid for our educations, gave us a majority of our wedding was made up of, you know, teammates here. Um, so it's easy to get fired up for the Blazers. Where do you see you and Matt 5, 10, 15 years from now? Um, Matt? <laughs> yes, well, dude. we're really happy where we are now. So we would just like to, you know, we, we live in Franklin, Tennessee, and we love it there. And we just built a new house. Um, so we're, you know, we're happy, but we're never content. We always want to move forward. So we always want the business to do well and maybe not always, we, we go back and forth or he does about, do we want it to get bigger and bigger or do we just want it to get better and better? Cause you don't necessarily have to be bigger to mm -hmm. be better. So, you know, we're constantly trying to kind of decide that right now, you know, do we want to get bigger and bigger, bigger and better, but I mean, we're definitely, we're going to get better and better either way. Um, and just always, you know, providing support for all of our clients and getting their products out there and educating people with the products that we do um, launch for those clients and just doing our best. Where do you see UAB down the road 10, 15, 25 years? If you look at where it's come from, yeah. the time that I got here in 2010 until the time I left 2015, so much changed. And if you look at 2015 to 2019, two, three, four times that much has changed in the last five years. So if you stay on that track, I mean, we're talking 20 time growth in the next five to 10 years. And I think the athletics and what the football program has done has been amazing. Um, I think that's not gonna, that's gonna continue to grow with the new stadium and the development that that will bring to the city. Um, and I think just from an overall you know, business standpoint, there's so many opportunities in Birmingham that exists now that weren't here 10 years ago. So that's equally as exciting as what it could be 10 years down the road. And that's the Morses. Rachel graduated from the School of Education with a bachelor's degree in 2012. And Matt earned his bachelor's in marketing from the Collette School of Business in 2014, followed by an MBA a year later. In 2019, their company, Kaifect, was part of the UAB Excellence in Business Top 25 Awards program. As former athletes, this couple definitely has an idea of what it means to be a Blazer. I looked this up on uh, Google one time when I was considering going to UAB, and there was a great definition that was laid out, and it said that um, we were trailblazers moving our way through college athletics, innovating, and it always stuck with me, and, and I've jokingly brought it up from time to time because people ask, what is the blazer? And I said, well, it's, they're like, oh, it's that dragon. And I was like, yeah, well, there's a story behind it. Yeah. And I don't remember the individual who, who uh, initially made that decision to be the blazers, but that's the origin of it, and I love it. And, you know, we don't live in Birmingham, but we're still, you know, we like to tell people we're from Birmingham, and we like for people to like Birmingham and want to go there and want to visit there and just be a part of a big community with Birmingham behind them and yeah it's just the feeling of community I think to Blazers. 
Catch up with other episodes of the podcast by visiting alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have an idea for an upcoming guest? Email me at greenandtold at uab.edu. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, but also give us a review. It'll help other Blazers find us. As always, you can keep up with us online and through social media. Just find us at UAB Alumni on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!